Praise the Lord. How good is he? He's so good. Thank you. Um, this is super last minute. I signed up for this this morning. So just bless you with that. Um, but I'm super excited because in my experience, I've found that when I don't have much, he's got plenty. So all of us, if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time and have known the kindness of the Father, then you've got something to share, you've got something to give, um, and it is an honour to bring a little bit to the table today. So I pray that you are blessed. Um, I love that Paul says, I didn't come with fancy words. I came with one message, Christ and him crucified. And that will do the job, well and good. Um, and if you haven't heard that message before, um, then you need to know that God loves you. He always has and he always will. Um, and he sent his son to die for you, to reconcile you back to the Father where you were designed to live. Um, and that is a wild and beautiful life that is worth laying down your life for. The Bible says if you want to find your life, then lose it. Otherwise, you're going to lose it trying to find it on your own. And it is the best exchange that you'll ever make. So don't leave here today. If you don't know God, grab someone and tell them you want to know God. Um, I have been... Um, Brewing on um, zeal. Zeal means like passion, bit of fire in your belly. Um, and that I really want to be a zealous person. And I think in my early 20s, late teens, I was super impressed by zealousness and like a charismatic preacher if you could preach good and draw a crowd and even signs and wonders, I'd be, I, was, I had a value for that and I was impressed by it. But a decade or so on, um, I just reflected the other day that my value has shifted um, and now I really value um, faithfulness and maturity and longevity and I've been thinking about these two things. You know, anyone can sprint 100 metres, but can you, Naomi can run a marathon. Um, and just wanting to be that person, wanting to be able to have longevity and maturity and not just bling, not just spiritual bling. Um, and I've noticed, <laughs> so funny, our Byron visitors thinks, think that's funny. Um, But I, I've realised, I think I've been fooled in the past. You know, you can, you can profess Christianity for 80 years and be an old person and sound faithful. But I think time is so much less connected to it. I realised the other day I was probably a bit slow that faithfulness means full of faith. <laughs> and there's plenty of people who've been professing Christianity or walking, walking in some measure with the Lord for a a long time, but 
and only God is the judge of their hearts, but I don't see the fruit of like, oh, you are on fire. <laughs> like you are a fiery follower of Jesus. And so just learning to discern what faithfulness looks like. Because sometimes I'm going to see it in a 20-year-old more than an 80-year-old who's been towing the line their whole lives. <clears throat> and knowing that professing Christianity for 80 years doesn't mean that I'm going to be this fiery 80-year-old Christian. It's not by autopilot. It takes intention and a chasing. <laughs> um, and just... Yeah, I'm like, oh, that doesn't happen by accident, you know. That's choice after choice, day after day of pursuing him with all of, all of my being. That's what it's going to take. Um, and I'm so encouraged to know that there's models around that we have probably heard of or seen in the Christian world who have both. The good news is you can have both. You can actually sprint for a marathon in the Lord because of grace, so it's not faithful, you know, towing the line for 80 years or a short sprint. Um, Reinhard Bonnke, who's, if you don't know, is an evangelist or was, with like millions, he's responsible for millions of salvations in South Africa and stuff. And he had, I heard a message where he had his son-in-law say, he was getting old, and so his son-in-law says, like, Dad... You're getting old. Whenever you want to pass the baton, like I've been doing ministry for you, with you, I'm ready. I think I'm ready if you want to pass the baton and, and just take a break, take a rest, yeah, however, you, however <clears throat> um, old you are. And Reinhardt just kind of rolled his eyes at him and said, son, my life is like a jet plane. I'm like a jet plane and my life is a runway the older I get, the further along, the faster I go until I lift off. <laughs> so that's his plan. And I'm like, ah, oh, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. Zealous to the end. Faithful friend of Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not interested in, you know, people... Um, give these wise words of wisdom and warning saying about burnout. And I'm like, well, Jesus didn't burn out. <laughs> and there's no burnout in heaven. So it is completely unnecessary, if you are living by the Spirit, to be burning out. If you're living in sync with Him. Like, amen. Human obligation and the religious spirit will burn you out quick smart. I've seen it, and I'm only 30-something. It will burn you out. Um, but God, God doesn't burn us out. Sometimes he gets misrepresented. Um, I was praying about this on the way. I just drove from Litchfield this afternoon, and I was just praying. Um, and the Lord said to me just about this whole burnout thing, because I'm like, I want to be zealous. And then I've got this like wisdom in the back of my head saying, you know, be careful. And I'm like, anyway, this is what he said to me. The word of God will lead you, 
the love of God will keep you and the joy of the Lord will sustain you. And I'm like, that's my plan. (laughs) That's my plan. So if you want to be a person of zeal, a follower of Jesus with zeal, let's, let's just pray. This is all side note, by the way. Um, just put your hand on your heart. <clears throat> Father, these are the ones that want to be zealous for you and chase after you with their entire being. And that is a sober, that is a sober prayer. <clears throat> God, I pray that we would be zealous about what matters to you. And that we would be fires worth following. Because everyone that follows us is following Jesus and, and, and meets with them, meets with you. Mm. I just pray the spirit of God to come and burn in us like never before. Yeah. Amen. That's just a that's just a side note that I was blessed with on my car ride. Um So kind of on that line, I've been um yeah, just pondering this idea of faithfulness and what it is. Um, and yesterday I was reading in Hebrews 3. No? I'll give you a definition of faith first. Can anyone recite it? Faith is. Amen. If Naomi was here, she would give you a goth star. No, she wouldn't. You deceived me. Yeah, that's right. Let's all read it. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. All right, I'm not going to camp there, though. Let's go to Hebrews uh, 3, 8 to 11. This was blowing up in my face yesterday. Um, If you don't know, quick recap, it's talking about the Israelites coming into the promised land. So they're in the desert. Um, But if you don't know that story, the Israelites are God's children back way in the the Old Testament. Um, God calls Moses to lead them out from Egypt into their land, their promised land, land of prosperity. Um, And... He does all these amazing miracles to look after them and to provide for them, to help them escape. Prince of Egypt, parting of the Red Sea, that whole shebang. They saw some extraordinary miracles along their way. Um, But they had this big problem and it was unbelief. And no amount of miracles could fix it. And so that's what they're talking about. So they get stuck wandering around a desert for 40 years because God's not going to actually let them in until they deal with this issue of unbelief that they have. So it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. 
where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. That's a long time to see God at work. You think that would convince you. In the Amplified it says, and found that I stood their test, actually ticked their boxes. They decided I was real, but, or for a time. It didn't actually stick. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So they've just seen 40 years of God's faithfulness to them and like a buttload of really cool miracles, supernatural But they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. So they knew, they knew the power of God, but they didn't know God himself. They, was, they still had this disconnect. And they couldn't enter the rest. Um, in, the, in the Amplified, again, it says, where it says, they have not known my ways, it says nor become progressively better and more intimately acquainted with them. Like that's what he was inviting them into, was to become progressively better and more intimately acquainted with his ways. Wouldn't that have been a beautiful thing? (laughs) But they held on to their unbelief. And so the, the old covenant, this Old Covenant story or Old Testament story, so every story in the Old Testament is like a shadow or like a picture of what something about Jesus, something it would be like when Jesus comes because everything changes. And so I believe that what they're talking about, the rest that he ultimately wants them to get to, is like us getting to live in the spirit and live in the grace and live in the rest of God. Um, And if we go down a little bit further, to verse 12, it kind of um, tells us what's going on. Take care, brothers. So now Paul's talking to um, the new... Testament church. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. So it calls it right there. The problem is unbelief. Leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it, co- as it, as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ. It's like, that's the solution. We have come to share in Christ. Christ is the rest. Christ is the rest. We've come into Christ. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. And the reason that Christ is the rest, the reason that's a rest, is that Christ and Christ crucified. So Jesus was crucified. And when he was crucified... We were crucified because we are in him. Um, Galatians 2.20, I don't know if if I even put that one in there. Um, 
For Christ died, so it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. In the life I now live, I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So the rest is Christ. It's actually through his crucifixion, my flesh then dies and I'm at rest (laughs) because my flesh is dead. So there's no longer a wrestle between my flesh and my spirit, this constant war, because he brought me into rest. So I can live in the spirit, in that freedom that Daz is talking about. I can just be me. I can just be who I was made to be in freedom through Jesus. It's not some self-help freedom. I'm free. Um, It's through Jesus. That's the only place you're going to get free. Anyway, so they're coming into rest. God wants them to come into rest. But you can't be unbelieving and get the rest. (laughs) Unbelief is the enemy. Everyone say unbelief is the enemy. enemy. We've got to get it out (laughs) so we can live in the rest. Amen. We should just do the whole sermon like that. We'd leave so encouraged. Um, I don't trust myself to make that awesome, though. You guys would. Um, so it's this cool picture, right, of I want you to be there, but you've got unbelief down at the end of verse uh, chapter 10, right at the end. It says, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. It kept them from so much. And if we zoom to now, it keeps the church from so, from so much. We are the children of God. That doesn't change. Wouldn't you rather live in the rest than live in the desert? You just got to die. That's all. <laughs> you have to submit to the fact that you've been co-crucified. So I read this chunk... And it says, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. Doesn't that, like, that's a grief. That makes me feel sad. Um, And I just was reminded that miracles don't produce faithfulness. Knowing God produces faithfulness. Intimacy, we call that, we sometimes call that intimacy, produces faithfulness. They saw 40 years of miracles and they weren't faithful. (laughs) And unbelief makes this demand for God to prove himself and keep proving himself and it's insatiable. It just wants, wants more evidence. The mind wants more and more proof. And when you prove this, then I'll be obedient or then I'll do this or then I'll surrender. But I'm waiting on the evidence, I'm waiting on the proof, and that is the opposite of faith. The whole proven thing, if you want to go down that line and try and get to some point in your head, you're like, if I can just figure out this theology enough then I'll, I'll go all in. Guess what? You're never going to get there. Because at some point, you've got to have some faith. 
You'll get, you might get close. <laughs> be like, ah. At some point, it takes faith to just go. And you know what that is when you go like that? It's trust. So God has, has purposely made it a relational thing. You will not figure out the gospel with your head. His mercy is so wild. Even when you think you think you got it figured out, he just comes and screws with your head. <clears throat> I've, I'm learning. Um, let's do Hebrews 11.6. So this is the whole relational thing. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So if you're going to come to him, you're going to need to bring a little bit of faith. Your brain's not going to get you face to face with the creator of the universe. And he, he made it like that on purpose so that it would be relational. And th- there's this bit in here that says, yeah, the bit that says they always, they go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. If you've known the Lord for a bit, <coughs> then you have the task of making disciples. And that, that is a sober thought to think, as I, as I learn to grow people up in the Lord and disciple people, it is my responsibility to not just give them a miracle or show them some demonstrate the power of God, but it's my job to help them know his ways. I've got to help them know God and I've got to connect them to the source so that they can, they can feed themselves, so they can know God <laughs> because that's what's going to keep them. The miracles aren't going to keep them. It might hook them in and show them that God's real, which is what Jesus did. That's what we want to use it for. But ultimately, they need to know his ways. They need to grow up in him. So that's pretty like... Ah, oh, that's we should take that as a great responsibility. Ah, oh, I'm I'm actually teaching people the ways of God, um, not just the power of God. Um, like when you when you go to school, school is all about learning to learn, right? You don't actually need trigonometry and the life cycle of a penguin to go and get a job. The whole point is to you're learning to learn so that you can grow and develop and learn what you need to as you go on in life. Um, so we want to teach our fresh followers of Jesus, learn to learn, learn to, to hook in to relationship, not, not just to duplicate miracles and the power of God. It goes so wrong, we've all probably heard of it or seen it, when people are tapped into the power of God without like a heart, like they haven't been cultivating their relationship and union with God and things start getting really weird really quickly. Um, So we want to like 
stay away from that. Um, so I was asking the Lord, like, you've made it relational. Um, it's going to take trust. Why did you do it like that? Why was that so important to your heart? You could have just created theology and at some point we understand it enough and then we're in. Um, but he didn't. He created this faith element and said, you have to, if you want to know me, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to take some faith. So I was just asking him, like, why is that? What was the importance of that? And just thinking about how important it is that we can trust God. It is so important that we can trust him, that we believe that his intentions are good. Because when that goes, if we don't have that, everything gets really dark (laughs) and we wander in our hearts like this happened. So I think if we don't trust God, um, when pressure comes, when it gets hard, so even when I come over to the land of promise and I'm living in the spirit and got relationship with God, life still throws you some stuff. It throws you some stuff. So it keep, and it keeps throwing you stuff over and over. Um, and it's unpredictable and wild and and painful and all of that because we live on the earth. Um, And I think if we don't trust, and you can swap out faith for that, if we don't have faith, then we want to quit. We've got no stickability. We've got no sticking power if we don't trust God. It's like just, just hang on sometimes. Trust God. You'll question the character of God. If there's not trust, then something bad happens and I'm questioning who God is because I don't trust him completely. And you'll keep wandering. So if you, if you are wandering over there in the desert and something hasn't changed, you haven't developed trust, well, then you'll keep wandering over here as well because nothing's changed in your heart. And then you've got people with like a badge of I'm spirit-filled, I'm born again, I'm whatever, and they're not trusting God and they're wandering, which means they're probably tasting a few other things. They're not living in the fullness of the gospel, in the, the wholeness that he brings. And then we've got a misrepresentation issue because your, your flag, we're flying the flag of kingdom, but wandering around kind of aimlessly and not fully convinced of the goodness of your father, not fully trusting. And I think that's an issue for him. I think that's like a fear of God issue. Like if you're going to represent my kingdom, trust me. You've got to trust me. You've got to hold fast. And watch me come through because then the world does get to see who I am and who, who the king is that you represent, you know. We don't want to wander, wander around kind of not fully convinced 
about what we're a part of. Like I've felt so convicted lately. It's, it's, you're either in, you're all in or you're all out. <laughs> there's, n- there's no fence. There's no fence to sit on. Anyway, it's going down another line. Hebrews 6.11. You won't have patience if you trust, if you don't trust. I've learnt. <clears throat> I'm learning. Uh, it says, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance full assurance of hope until the end everyone say until the end that's longevity right there so that you may you may not be sluggish that's like the wandering around but imitators of those through faith and patience it's both Inherit the promises. If we switch back, I love, I'm nearly done. Um, I switched back to the story, so that passage that's talking about their hearts going astray, is talking about the story with the Israelites. So I switched back to there to find out how it all finishes off. So they send the spies to spy out the promised land. Ten come back and say it's hopeless, it's all over. Two come back with faith, right? Um, So Numbers 14 from um, 21... I think this is amazing and also full of hope. Um, It says, But truly, as I live, and as all the... So this is... I'll do 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. So Moses is making a little negotiation with the Lord. But truly, as I live, and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory... And my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice. So they saw the glory of God and the signs of God, right? And then they weren't obedient. None of them shall see the land that I swore to give their fathers. And none of those who despised me shall see it. But, everyone say, but, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Isn't that beautiful? We can be that guy. We can be Caleb. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, no compromise. That's faithfulness. 
even in the face of big opposition. He chose to believe. He chose to have faith and to follow fully. So I feel like that's the invitation that has stirred my heart, if no one else's, just to be reminded (coughs) that we get to choose, we get to choose how we walk out this life. And we need to, we need to choose. And just because we profess Christ and come to church and whatever doesn't equal faithfulness. <laughs> but we get to grow and become full of faith. His children who are full of faith for his kingdom to come in every aspect of our lives and our region. We get to choose to be like Caleb, who followed fully and had no compromise, who was of a different spirit, a different spirit. So I'll pray for us, and then I think Sam's going to come up and do some ministry time stuff. If you want to, the floor is open if you want to respond to that in any way or talk to the Lord, please do come up and you can do that with him. Father, I thank you for your design. the way that you've kept things relational despite it blowing our brain sometimes or, yeah, it offends our minds the way that you set things up. (laughs) And you made faith necessary and you made trusting you necessary to experience the full rest and the grace of the spirit life. You made it necessary. And I just thank you for what you invite us into. That we can shed unbelief and just fall freely into the grace of God and just find you so faithful. You're, faith, you're more faithful than any human that ever lived. <laughs> so I thank you. I just bless each, each one here to go before you in their secret place and just consider where, we, where we're at. If there's any areas of compromise, Holy Spirit, that you would come and put your finger on them and that we would live whole, wholehearted lives unto you, that we would be a living sacrifice.
There is nothing else on this earth that is going to satisfy us. Nothing. We have found the one that our hearts desire. The search is over. Thank you, Holy Spirit.